Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're looking at the book of Joshua, and we've come to chapter 6. Last time, we've looked through the first 11 verses in chapter 6 and have talked about some of the initial commands that the Lord gave to the people as they prepare to conquer the city of Jericho. And it brought us right up through the end of the first day. So just want to review that a little bit and then get into uh, verses 12 and following for our session today. So Joshua was told by the Lord, the angel of the Lord, after he appeared to him at the end of Joshua chapter 5, just how he was going to conquer the city. They were to take up the ark of the Lord Uh, They were to walk around the city one time each day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they were going to march around the city seven times. The ark of the Lord was going to be in the midst of the people. Again, that's a visible symbol of the power and the presence of the Lord going with the people, going out to march against the city of Jericho. We noted that uh, this was not a common military technique. This was not the way things usually went. Uh, But we also saw uh, just how effective this was going to be in communicating that ultimately the conquest is not by the hand of the people of Israel, but instead uh, the conquest belongs to the Lord. It is his uh, fight, and he is going out to war against the people of Jericho. So we were brought up right through the end of the first day as the people march around the city of Jericho. The trumpets are blowing But Joshua tells the people, don't speak, don't shout, don't do anything. We're just marching around the city and the trumpets are sounding. Uh, Now in verse 12 and following, we read, Now Joshua rose early in the morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord and the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets and the armed men went before them and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while they continued to blow the trumpets. Thus the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did so for six days days. So a couple things to consider as they are performing these daily tasks. This is a large group of people, uh, maybe a uh, hundred thousand or more, 50,000 or more. Uh, we don't know the exact numbers, but a large group of warriors that are marching around the city over and over again, day after day after day. Trumpets are blasting while this is going on. They're marching around this city. The people of Israel uh, may have wondered why exactly they were doing this. The people of Jericho may have wondered as well. Remember, the hearts of the people of, of the city of Jericho were melting in fear because of the things that they had heard the Lord had done for the people of Israel, bringing them up out of the land of, of Egypt, uh, 
helping them to conquer Sihon and Og, the king of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan, and then cutting off the waters of the Jordan and heaping them up to allow the, the entire group of Israelites to cross over the Jordan River all at once. So the people of Jericho are terrified, uh, but I'm thinking it may have had two effects on the people. As Israel was marching around the city day after day. The people of Jericho may have been increasingly afraid. Or they may have begun to think, boy, they can't get in here. And so this is the best that they can do, marching around. There's, there's not a lot of hope. Our walls are uh, holding. Uh, but I think maybe they had a little more terror in the realization that they were surrounded and couldn't really go anywhere. So day after day, this happens. First day, second day, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And then when we come to verse 15 and following, we read about the events of the seventh day. And it occurs from verse 15 down to verse 21. And so I'll read that section. Then it came about on the seventh day that they rose early at the dawning of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. They really had to eat their Wheaties that seventh day to get around the city seven times. A lot of walking on that day. Only on that day they marched around the city seven times. And it came about at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then in verses 17 through 19, Joshua goes on to describe what's to happen as they're conquering the city of Jericho. Uh, and the city has been given, uh, shall be under the ban, and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house in uh, the house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban, lest you covet them and take some of the things under the ban, so you would make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. Now that verse, verse 18 uh, remember, the writer of the book of Joshua is writing these events after they take place. And so he already knows what's coming in the next chapters. This is a little bit of authorial foreshadowing of what's going to happen in chapter 7. We know when we come to chapter 7, Achan takes some of the items that are under the ban in Jericho and hides them in his tent and brings trouble, uh, it says there in the text, on the, the nation of Israel. They're not able to continue to conquer because of this sin that affects the entire camp. So verse 18 is a little bit of foreshadowing of what will take place in the coming chapter. Verse 19, But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, the priests blew the trumpets, and it came about when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, 
an ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. So verses 15 through 21 give us the description of the events of the seventh day that lead up to the conquest of the city of Jericho. Now I want to make several different comments here about different things that are going on in these verses, different aspects of of what's occurring. First of all, Joshua talks about, gives the command to the people to shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Again, this is sort of the prophetic perfect uh, given here. The Lord has already delivered the city of Jericho into their hand. And the Lord said this at the beginning of chapter 6 when he was talking with Joshua, I have given the city of Jericho to you. Now Joshua says the same thing to the people. So the Lord is sovereign over everything. He knows beforehand what's going to take place, and only he can really make accurate predictions of the future. Now I want to say something about the archaeology of Jericho and its conquest here. To put it very simply, the archaeology of the city of Jericho is has a long history and a rather complex and hard-fought history. We are continuing uh, to fight around the city of Jericho uh, between Christians and non-Christians today to uh, decide uh, are these walls, did these walls really fall at this time? What exactly is taking place here in the uh, physical evidence that's being unearthed at the city of Jericho? So I just want to give you a little bit of overview of what's gone on and some of the debates that have taken place around the archaeology of Jericho and then an encouragement for believers in Christ. First of all, Early excavations took place by a number of different individuals, Charles Warren, Ernst Sellen, uh, Carl Wetzinger. Uh, the destruction, uh, according to these early excavators of the city of Jericho, and particularly the, the massive walls that they found, they dated early on to about 1550 BC, which would predate whether you're a, a early uh, exodus date, hold to an early exodus date or a later date. The early date would be in the 15th century BC, the later date in the 13th century BC. Destruction around 1550 predates both of those things. So that was a difficulty in biblical archaeology. If the city of Jericho was destroyed before supposedly these events took place, how uh, do we reconcile that with the biblical account? Well, there was an individual by the name of John Garstang who went in and excavated at Jericho and did a lot of good work. Garstang was a very good archaeologist, and he ended up dating the destruction of Jericho to right around 1400 B.C., and largely this was due to an absence of later pottery, specifically a, a pottery style from Greece called Mycenaean pottery that would date after 1400. He did not find any evidence of any of that style of pottery, which was common throughout the land of Israel in the uh, 14th and 13th centuries BC. So based on that, he made the conclusion that the city was destroyed somewhere around 1400, and he had some evidence uh, of people at the city of Jericho between 1550 and 1400. Well, he came under a lot of scrutiny for that. 
because that lined up very close to the early date for the Exodus and the Conquest. And so he asked an up-and-coming uh, young British archaeologist named Kathleen Kenyon to come back in and reassess his work and see uh, what her conclusions would be. She reanalyzed Garstang's data, Kenyon did, uh, and showed uh, a lack of pottery, not only from uh, 1400 and later, but she claimed there was a lack of pottery between 1550 and 1400. And so her determination was that there was no occupation at Jericho. After 1550, she agreed with some of the earlier archaeologists that the city was destroyed in about 1550. More recently, an archaeologist by the name of Bryant Wood has re-examined Kenyon's findings and argued that Kenyon didn't pay significant attention to pottery that was actually found at Jericho. She just made her arguments, Wood says, based on uh, what she did not find. However, Wood pointed to some significant pottery uh, that would lead us to believe there is and there was an occupation between 1550 and 1400 and some uh, significantly some Egyptian scarabs that have names of kings and queens that lived during that 150 year period that uh, show up at the city of Jericho, showing us that there were people uh, in Jericho from that occupation period and time. He even went so far as to show uh, a radiocarbon date for a piece of burnt wood, a piece of charcoal um, that was um, uh, dated to about 1410. BC. So Wood did some significant work to show really Garstang's conclusions that the city was destroyed in 1400 were much more accurate. And now there have been additional uh, excavations uh, since Wood's conclusion, uh, Palestinian excavations, uh, and they go back and forth uh, with Jericho and with dating. It's very difficult to narrow down specifically uh, what's going on at Jericho. But uh, aside from the dating, we can very clearly see there were walls at Jericho that collapsed and everybody agrees the collapse was due to something monumental, maybe a, an earthquake that occurred at the city of Jericho. So we will talk next time more about uh, some of the archeological evidence for the falling walls at Jericho. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu partner.